0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There, you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Ryan Van Bibber teaches music and audio production at the Fort Hayes Metropolitan Education Center in Columbus City Schools and at Columbus State Community College. He previously taught instrumental and general music in grades three through 12. Ryan holds a Bachelor of Music Education degree from Ohio University, a Master of Arts in Music Education from The Ohio State University, and a Master Certificate in Music Writing and Production from the Berklee College of Music online. Ryan is an AVID Certified Instructor for Pro Tools and a Berklee Pulse Certified Instructor. He serves on the board for time and regularly puts on clinics and workshops in Ohio and around the U.S. with topics ranging from sound systems for schools to using social media in class, to integrating production software into the music curriculum. It's my great honor to have Ryan Van Biber on the podcast this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jim Frankel, and uh, we're doing something very cool, very new uh, for the next couple of podcasts. I'm uh, recording this podcast live, so I'm sitting right across from the one and only Ryan Van Bibber here at the TMEA TIME 2023 conference. So we're on the floor of one of the biggest exhibit halls in all of the music education uh, shows. Uh, in San Antonio, Texas. So anyway, we're here. Uh, I have Ryan sitting right across the the table from me. So Ryan, thank you so much for being here and taking some time out of your day uh, to do a podcast with me. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're you're so welcome. And I'm very happy to be here. I'm honored to be a guest. And uh, this is such a great setting. I actually enjoy background noise in all aspects of my life.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the Antiques Roadshow kind it of is. din in the background. Yes. You're just waiting for the wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going to be gold. Absolutely. So anyway, um, thanks so much for coming on. I had, uh, first of all, Time Teacher of the Year last year. That was such a great event uh, and a great night for you. And and that's, uh, I've known your name for a while. I, I, I'd whenever I was at Ohio I, I knew that you were doing great things there but we got to know each other last year and a couple weeks ago I had the incredible experience of visiting you at your school And uh, before we get into all that fun and merriment I would love to know your career path what you got you interested in music what what got you interested in becoming a music teacher and then like a an overview of uh, your career so far okay well so a quick story
1: uh, so I first, you know, I first got into music. I didn't come from a, a super musical household. My mm-hmm. dad like sings in church and stuff. And right. That's about it. Um, but I didn't come from a super musical household. So music was, um, I mean, I guess, yeah. So the first exposure I had was seeing the high school band at like a basketball game where my sister was like a cheerleader. Right. I, I went up and saw the band. I must have been in the third or fourth grade, and I thought that, is what I want to do. Like when I get older, like I couldn't believe how amazing it seemed. And um, I got the fifth grade. It was time for band. Budget cuts hit the district. No band in fifth grade. Oh man. So I had to wait another year. I started in the sixth grade, and um, the the band program I I was in in Nelsonville, Ohio, um, was was in dire straits. To be honest, we actually went to, you know, the OMEA competition, right, and we got straight fives.
0: And that's the worst you can that's do. That's the worst you can oh get. My goodness. Yeah,
1: it's like pretty bad, and so you know, like that was my early experiences with competition in music, were like sort of negative, and right. that ended up affecting the trajectory of my career mm-hmm. later. So, anyways, um, I got trumpet lessons. I became you know a decent trumpet player, and uh, ended up I, I had a choice. I really wanted to be either. Uh, like a music teacher, like a band director, or a Spanish teacher. That was my other option. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, anyways, I elected to pursue music. And so I got my music ed degree from Ohio University. It was a wonderful experience. Um, You know, I learned a lot there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went to go teach in Columbus City Schools in Columbus, and I was totally overwhelmed, as most first-year teachers are anywhere. But this was like a huge cultural shift to me i'm from rural ohio from a small town and here i was in the middle of the largest school district in ohio in a very urban setting uh very diverse in every kind of way and actually you know what i i really loved it and i've stuck with columbus city schools now for 21 years wow and So the only
0: district you've ever walked worked the in. only
1: district i've ever that worked is in awesome and it was i mean i'm not gonna lie it has been challenging at times absolutely um all of the problems that come with urban poverty uh, are ever-present, yep. okay? But um, growing up in an area with a lot of rural poverty poverty really uh, set me up for success right. in understanding the students' culture. And so, um, you know, I sort of fit right in and- What uh, was
0: your first gig
1: in Columbus? Okay, so I was teaching at a school called Clinton Middle School. Okay, it's not there anymore. Um, it, it closed uh, due to low test scores and low enrollment and then they demolished it and then they built a different school on top of it. (laughs) Of course. course. But um, yeah, I did, I did band six through eight. Um, I did strings six through eight, which was a revelation for me. me Me I'm like not a string player. It took a really terrible way to do strings to have like a trumpet guy do it.
0: That's exactly what I did. And I did
1: general music. This, I still remember my very first general music class. It was first period of my first day teaching. It was seventh grade and uh, the school I was in was like a tough school. Like yeah. we had nine gangs in the school, okay, and okay. we had persistent violence like all the time around the school. Like the police showing up three times a week to arrest right. people. And you're going to teach these
0: kids about Bach? Well, that's <laughs> see, that's
1: what I didn't know because I wasn't even prepared. I, I just wasn't prepared at right, all right. by any. And I don't know how they could have. But so I started by writing like notes on the a chalkboard for like 20 minutes straight, not not even looking at the kids, just like with my back to them. And to their credit, they did nothing. They didn't take notes, but they also didn't like, you know, cause trouble. I think they
0: were really confused. Absolutely. What is this dude doing? Yeah. And
1: so, uh, but then chaos ensued later. So, uh, so yeah, it took me a while. My, my band was really small and I actually just, um, I was so outstripped and outgunned and out just... I was out of my element but mm-hmm. i found a mentor and i think that's so important yep. to get a mentor and i'm going to shout out sam richardson currently the band director at columbus alternative high school uh, sam is one of these guys uh, he went to an hbcu i'm gonna say he went to jackson state if it's if it's some other school sorry sam but i think that's where he went right. could have been mississippi or missouri right. it's a southern school anyways um And he had like this killer middle school band, and so I, I was like desperate for like learning, so I asked him to bring his band into my school, and like his middle schoolers, I mean they were like incredible. They first of all they had marching drums and everything, so they marched down the hallway in my school, got the whole school lit up. Wow. We came in, did like a joint like master class with his band and my band. He's the one that taught me how to arrange hip hop and jazz uh, for middle school ensembles. Oh wow. And I that that did it. Just having culturally relevant music that students are interested in turned my band uh, from 30 students to 90 students in about a year and a half or two years. I mean it was like, it was insanely effective.
0: Um, you know, not too many young teachers would do that. They, Not, not too many young teachers would, would ask uh, a, what I would, for lack of a better term, a much superior teacher, oh. superior program to come in and, like, you know, kind of teach. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, Oh, yeah, the, well, okay. Weird, it's a weird profession in that you don't necessarily like getting your butt there's kicked in front of, of your own students. There's a lot of ego <laughs> yeah. involved, right? That's but the amazing thing is, that you did that.
1: Um, so, like, I have a, I have a very... Um, big ego
0: right right
1: (laughs) so it doesn't matter like I'm not threatened by the success of somebody else I I just I can only learn from that person that's awesome and and if you it's much better to look incredibly stupid and dumb for like a minute right Than like your whole career yes okay yep so uh you know like every time I do something really horribly stupid right Um, you know, the students are going to graduate and leave. Right. And then you have new students and you don't repeat that mistake and then you look like you know what you're doing the whole time. That's awesome, I love it. They don't know you made all the mistakes before.
0: That's great. So really kind of interestingly, um, Ryan, I started my career in the inner city and I'm going to say something that I don't really like admitting, but I couldn't do it, right? And I think a lot of teachers go into that environment and realize that, you know, the path before them becomes, is this really where I want to spend yes. all my career with such a challenging set of circumstances? And then my second year, I went to the wealthiest school district in New Jersey. Okay. Right? So first year was literally one of the poorest, yep. second, the wealthiest. And I would have done anything to bring the kids from my first district and given them the resources of yeah. the second, because the kids in the second district were little yeah i I understand you know what i'm saying so i felt you know i I, i've always thought because i only taught in the public schools for 15 years but that's a long time I but i think that if more people had a mentor like you had at that critical stage they would stay longer because i personally believe that the kids who need us the most are in the poorest schools and and they and they need that they need that mentor. They need that consistency. And one of the things I felt terrible about that my own, advi- you know, supervisor said is these kids every year they get a new teacher and they just yeah. they don't want to emotionally attach to you.
1: Well, you know, I'll say this: uh, urban teaching's not for everybody. Um, I love it. I wouldn't trade, you could not pay me to go to the suburbs at this point, like I would not, you can try if you're out there, you can try, (laughs) but I'm probably not going to do it. Um, When I was a band director, my budget was literally zero, Right, like zero, if I wanted anything, we had to do fundraising, We had to um, sell things. You know, I had no budget for instrument repair. I learned how to repair instruments. Like not the correct
0: way, obviously. But to get get it playing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, or like Frankenstein, all the instrument parts together, all that stuff. I did all that, duct taping, the holes. Um, Okay, but the thing is, here's about, at least, I don't know about, I'm not gonna generalize like all urban schools, every situation is so unique. But the schools I have been in that were challenging, and that was Clinton Middle School, was my first gig. I was mm-hmm. there for three years. I went to Monroe Middle School for the next six years. And, um, and again, you know, kind of building the program and everything. Um, the students, as, as soon as they are, they know that you care about them, okay, yep. and that you're competent. Um, and that you can give them in good information and, and enhance their skills, uh, they will be so loyal to you, yep. that you. That you flip it. Now it does take like at least a year. The first year you're going to get all kinds of hell yep. all the time. If you hang in there, and I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, I No, I, I, I totally <laughs> totally. If you hang in there the second year, it's like even the students who um, gave you a hard time the year before, they stop. And it's because you're now a known quantity. Yep. Um, and, a lot, and it's not just in the urban schools. I would say this. Um, at the end of the day, after 21 years of teaching, and I've, I've also taught, by the way, I taught at a private school simultaneously. After school, oh I did like a second gig wow. teaching at this like private school where the kids were paying like thousands of dollars a year to go there. Right. It was very small. And, um you know like insulated right and i did i was also simultaneously doing a homeschool band oh my goodness um so like <laughs> side hustle. yeah galore, i have a yeah. wide breadth i mean uh, i was very young i didn't yeah. have kids yet it was yeah. like you know um so anyways it, yeah it's all kids everywhere need nurturing yes period it's easier maybe to see the positive effects of that nurturing on students who are normally starved for it, Yep. but I will go ahead and say that even the kids in the wealthiest schools, they need nurturing because the only thing wealth does, it doesn't, wealth does not stop problems, wealth hides problems, right. okay? So if wealthy people were happy, the world would be like a totally great place, okay? Right. But they're not, <laughs> I mean look around, right. the, the wealthy people are the most miserable right. ones <laughs> and that's why everything sucks, right, okay? Right. So they were kids, right? right why didn't they get nurtured? you know Dad was at like make, right. you know, closing a deal and yeah. didn't hug them you know right. what I mean yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, students in poverty uh, students in great wealth it's it's a family thing right I mean if they're if they're families it, there's a baseline you have to cross a threshold of survivability with right. resources, right. but once you cross that threshold, Um, and you're not like worried about survival, um, then you just need nurturing, you need love. It's all Maslow, it's all that Maslow guy. And um, you know, so I wouldn't, I I never feel like superior or like I'm doing greater work working in an urban district than my friends who work in like suburban or wealthy districts, like that's not a thing with me. It doesn't matter. If you're teaching kids, if you're nurturing them, if you're being a positive influence, it literally does not matter where you go, that's a good thing. You can't speak
0: ill of it. Yeah, so we're gonna switch gears okay. completely here and go to your incredible facility that you teach in. Oh, thank so Fort, he- Fort Hayes Career Center, I drove up there a couple weeks ago, bright and early in the morning. It's a formal, former Civil War Army base yeah. that's been- uh, conver- For the North. For the North, uh, for the Union, and it was converted uh, into, I guess, a career center. And I walked into your classroom, Ryan, and my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> You have one of the most beautiful music technology labs I've ever seen. Thank and you. I know for a fact that it didn't just happen. So I need to know how did you make that? Uh, like how did you get that, like that job there, and how did you build that lab? Because it is gorgeous. Okay, well here's, and this is a weird story, okay? It takes a
1: couple minutes. All right, good. All right. I went to the Ohio Music Education Association convention. Everybody go to your MEA conventions. Right. And I saw Will Coons electronic music group perform. Yep
0: in the hallway. Oh, the, the one that he got bef- shut down? Yeah, before they got kicked out. That's off. awesome. <laughs>
1: and I rocked with him, and I went to his workshop, and I was watching kids use Ableton. I had like never seen anything like it. Right. I was totally not hip to any of it. Um, and I just like was in a daze for the rest of the conference. I mean, I don't even think I went to one of the other sessions. I just had to sit around and digest what I saw. I immediately went back to my um, school uh, the next week and wrote a grant to donorschoose.org oh, awesome. for my first midi workstation right <laughs> now again the most i'd used up until that point i do i was using band in a box right, right. to like to do like <laughs> improvisations with the students yep. i did a lot of jazz and a lot of hip-hop right. and we would improvise in hip-hop styles and jazz, whatever okay that was cool i really enjoyed that but i thought this is the future like what i just saw that's what's coming i can see it clearly right. like it was no no question So I went home and I wrote this grant, and normally it takes like a while to get those funded. Mine was funded in like two days. Oh my goodness. Okay, from a good friend of mine, shout out Anna, but also um, mainly because uh, um, the result of a lawsuit against a coal company in West Virginia. Okay, So, so... Apparently there was a lawsuit against this coal company right. and they were found guilty and they had they were like sentenced as part of their sentence to do public good. Oh so they <laughs> I think that the administrator of their funds just randomly picked my donors shoes. Right. Okay, so good. I got a MIDI workstation, I got Ableton, I got a MIDI controller, a little APC forty. Awesome. it was great.
0: I love the APC forty. By it was great
1: so we're like playing around with it one day right. and i don't know what i'm doing the students i'm i'm back there with the drummers of course and we're always trying to figure it out well uh, dr milton ruffin came wandering through my band room um, he had been the band director at that middle school before years before right. and then he had became he had become the principal and then he hired me as the band director oh, all right yeah and so we you know I, and I never got to I and then to he check. had and then he went to Fort Hayes that same week ah. so he wasn't my boss yet but he hired me for the gig and then split and so he was just walking through checking out his old space he's like well what are you doing here I'm like well I don't know we're just trying to figure this out I don't know what you no know. right there's like no tutorial videos at that point right. there's like I don't you know and um, okay so then like two weeks later uh I find out that the band, director, uh, the band director position, the job at his school, Fort Hayes, is going to be open. And I go and apply for it. I applied to be the band director. Um, it was the No Child Left Behind era. Okay. The middle school I was in, unfortunately, had low test scores. Right. Killer music and arts. Right. I mean, killer. But, um, but low test scores for math and reading. So um, I knew the school was going to be closed.
0: It was uh, just right, going to close. Right, That's right. the way uh, it was, so you the way needed, was. you needed to hop I had quick. to go. All right. right, I
1: had to go. Um, and it did close. It, it took like an extra year or two, right. but it, they did close it. Um, so I went to Fort Hayes to be the band director, and I did not get that job. I interviewed, and they gave it to somebody else. Oh, my. And I knew they were going to give it to somebody else because the guy they gave it to was much better than me. Um, and I would have hired him, too. They right. made the right move. Um, but then Milt, uh, the boss, he was like, well, we had this other job and it, like the teacher just told me like he's leaving and we got to run it through the committee and everything. Um, he's like it's it's uh, audio recording. Now keep in mind and this maybe I don't know I don't I think it's too I think we're out of the statute of limitations. But <laughs> anyways, I didn't know anything about audio recording. Right. Nothing. I'd never heard of pro tools. Right. I never heard I I didn't use, the only experience I had was with Band in a box. Right. And like one week of Ableton. That was it. Right. But I was like, I'll take it. I just said awesome. it. Right. Deep was,
0: in, jump in, as it, I didn't right. know
1: what I was getting into. So then I go, I, I see the lab space, I see the studio. Back then we had a big Mackie Analog 8 bus right. going direct into a Digio 3. I didn't even know what those items were. were
0: or, or what, so I just yeah. took
1: everything apart, I threw it all in the pile on the floor, and I said, I have to make it work. Right, and I thought this has got to be like pretty close to plumbing. I've done light plumbing. I can yeah. make plumbing with sound. Right. Okay, it's harder than I thought it was right. going to be, but I did it. I spent, I found a Lynda.com DVD yep. on how to run Pro Tools yep. like in a cabinet, and so it was thirteen hours long, and I watched it like meticulously. Right. I did everything in the whole DVD, and so I spent ten hours a day, every single day that summer, seven days a week learning how to use Pro Tools and do recording. Next year rolls around, and I'm like bang, I'm making projects, I'm teaching the kids, it's working, it was working. I mean, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know, a lot of stuff I'm learning on the job, but it was working. Um, And then I tried to reach out to companies and like build relationships. I thought, well, we need like more gear, we need stuff. And um, you know, I just kind of built from there. Now it's 11 years later, so when you walked into my classroom, that's the culmination of 11 years yeah, sure. of full-time music tech work. Right. And yet yeah, now we have uh, a 26-station MIDI lab. Uh, we've got great relationships with Avid. We're an Avid Learning Partner School. I'm awesome. an Avid Certified Instructor at the 200 of level. Course. Right, if you learn it, that's yeah. great. We, we do, we have Ableton Full Suite. We've got Native Instruments Complete Ultimate 13. Awesome. We've got Isotope Elements at every station. Uh, we have. Audio interfaces from Focusrite. I mean, we like, you know, paid for most of the stuff. Right, right. We have a whole set of Push 2s in that lab. That's beautiful. Shout out to Ableton for donating those. Um, And we actually have, I was able to install just this summer, and you didn't get to see this, you didn't have time, but there's another production lab I installed on the other side of campus for the high school portion of our school. Um, I took the class piano room. And put Mac Minis at every station, right. and Ableton at every station, yep. and networked keyboards. So all the audio and keyboards are networked to the teacher station. I'm a little jealous because I don't have 88 key controllers. Right. But uh, it can be <laughs> class piano, it can be music production, um, and so my next goal um, is to spread you know music tech around our school district in Columbus City. Um, I wrote a music tech curriculum uh, for any teacher to be able to use. You can you could do it at the very least with a Chromebook and a cell phone. Right. And the, but if you have more stuff more stuff's always right. better so right. anyways the whole thing was I got this job by accident I had to rock with it because I had to eat right and uh, I have it is t- it has totally changed my life it's right. changed my outlook on every aspect of life and I've loved every minute of it
0: so you said a couple of things there Ryan that I think are super important first of all you you know I love the the gumption to just say, yeah, I, I'll do, I'll do the gig, right? And then really the fact could have gone that, either way. <laughs> well, uh, but there, you know, it says a lot about you and your character that you spent all that time that summer teaching yourself. I was terrified, Jim. But, right, I was so it was, it, it was learning by fear. You don't understand,
1: <laughs> like what? Uh, one of the characteristics of an urban school is that if you're incompetent, like the bad, kids will eat you alive. Bad, bad things happen right, yep. <laughs> to everyone. Right, it was it, do or die. But it
0: also says, I mean, I'm gonna. Folks, I'll put a picture or I'll link a picture in the description of Ryan's lab. I walked in there. I've been in many, many music tech labs, uh, uh, and there are some that are some that are nicer. There's some. There are many, many that are worse. But when I walked into that lab, I knew that serious learning and creating was going on in there. Your lights that you had, oh, we tried. like all the pictures that were everywhere. It's a really warm, inviting. Classroom, and uh, I think your kids are extremely lucky to have oh, you. Oh, thank you. No, you didn't really get the,
1: a chance that much to check out our studio. Right. It's right across the hall, and uh, that has also been like a big labor of love. Um, we had this great whisper room donated by Ohio State University. Shout out to the Health Sciences Library who didn't know what to do with it and they, they gave just, it to they, you they were gonna throw it away oh that's a whisper and room man that's I know a awesome. whole whisper room they were that's gonna fantastic. Throw it and, they and the lady in charge of throwing it away her son happened to be in my program oh my god oh, there you go that's how she knew about it
0: but but so. what i was gonna say ryan is that you built this thing from from you know you learned the skills but you've also built this lab with blood sweat and tears and and a lot of work and hours and donations and and wrangling it can be done is my point
1: it can be done and you know like okay when teachers come into my classroom um, sometimes they get a little intimidated by like the amount of stuff but the thing is like i'm at a career center i'm part of vocational education our mandate our like whole reason for being is to get kids working on industry level industry standard equipment and software so that they can go out into the workforce if they want right away every year i graduate kids, um, and they'll either go on for more training, right? And a lot of them go on to work in the audio industry through more training, or they'll just go straight into the industry, either as a performer, like a rapper, or a a beat maker, or, um, you know, as a a roadie, you know, laying cable for venues and acts. Um, Sometimes it's like they have a day job, right? Just like any other uh, artist-based career, uh, art-based career, They, they have a day job, and then their passion, uh, comes in their free time and they are, are transitioning. It takes a long time right. to make, if you want to, to make your passion your living.
0: So here's a here's a curveball question. The, you know, having all of that gear um, means that the kids have to be in the room to use it, right? So- Not necessarily. What, okay, excellent. Well, what happened during the pandemic is what I want to know, like, you know, did that thing sit dormant, that room? Or would you, I know that you yeah. were using Soundtrap, weren't you, a little bit? So,
1: okay. When the pandemic first hit, it was at the end of the 2020 school year, like 1920. And, um, like, our district was really scattered in its response. it really just didn't know what to do. Right. We were told to give students assignments, and then we were told they didn't count. And then they were told, like, but we have to turn the assignments in to prove we were teaching. But also, if the students don't turn them in, we can't hold it against them. And it was like they just yeah. didn't know what to do. Right. And honestly, I, no I don't blame knew. them. Right, yeah, no I one mean, knew. you know, like, no one knew what to do. Right. So I would have to um, – and at that point, all they had were – they didn't even have Chromebooks yet. They yep. had cell phones. Right. So I made assignments as, mo- as best I could. Like, one of the assignments was – um, okay, you have to listen to an album or you have to watch a music movie. And that was really loose with that. You know, right. it could have been like CB4, which right, is like right. a fictitious,
0: right. you know,
1: music <laughs> movie. But they had to live tweet. They oh. had to live tweet the mu- the album or the movie. And okay? hashtag. And, and they had the hashtag, Then they had the tag, they had the at, like the actors, the awesome. musicians, the brands, awesome. the director. Oh um, nobody added them, you know, nobody like, got back but right. i think like if we did it over and over again it would yeah, we probably... would net something so we did that um, and other assignments like that then the next year um, everybody kind of had a chromebook right mm-hmm. um, and so i did i started with soundtrap yeah, yeah. and that was my introduction to soundtrap i had used band lab before yep. um, i used audio tool which oh, i love it yeah audio tool is like so cool unsung hero it is so cool it is if you are out google there google audio, right audio tool right audio tool um, and so yeah so and and but then the district bought soundtrap right and um, yeah
0: it was it was kind of a band-aid to get you through
1: it was I mean listen if you are a music teacher and you are coming from no music tech to some music tech soundtrap is like a big meal
0: right you know what I mean
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, for me I'm coming from a slightly different angle here yes. and so it was a little more feature limited I remember like my students and I were equally angry that you can't automate a filter sweep. Maybe you can now,
0: but back then you couldn't automate a filter sweep. You, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> it was like it's uh, only volume, pan, and and. Uh, we spent like a week trying to figure it and out. Sweep. You can, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but we couldn't do it right. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, and I, you know, I made some PD videos for the right. rest of the music teachers on how to use Soundtrap and everything. So. Career Tech actually came back before anybody else because I mean, you know, music. Okay, yeah, it's hard to do online. Try doing auto mechanics online. Exactly. Try doing carpentry online or right. welding. We have a welding program. Yeah. Like how on earth are you? How are you do gonna do that? welding? Yeah.
0: You know, what are these kids? No. Pretend like take a video of yourself pretending that you're holding a I'm torch. I'm assuming
1: they're using like a lighter and a <laughs> paper clip. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that
1: was my image, but so That's awesome. um, yeah, so we, we actually ended up coming back like months before the rest of the school oh, district. Right. You had and you We had to. I mean, it was weird. We were in split cohorts and everything, and, you know, people were, like, super far apart. Now, the district realized that um, remote learning, a lot of people were thinking it was going to stick around, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe it will come back in some form. So, uh, we had a guy, shout out Kevin Pranger, who got us a grant for MacBooks for all of our production Oh, students. my goodness. You didn't notice there were two carts of MacBooks. 54 MacBooks for each program. So that's like, oh I don't know, like 300 goodness. MacBooks.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: They all have the M1 chip.
0: Oh my um, goodness. And so... So, uh, they, so if, if the if the S goes down again, and you gotta be remote, the kids yeah. would take those home, and they'd have a production studio at home.
1: Well, yeah, so we distributed them, and it, oh, and it, awesome. they did, it wasn't really in time for the 21 school year. It, right. it took a lot of bureaucracy right. to move through. Of course. And, but for the following year, um, the 21, 22 year, uh, every kid in my program had MacBooks and they took advantage of the Ableton free trial um, I would give my I would uh, put in my password to let them to download FL which right, a lot right. of kids love FL right, yep. um, uh, and then uh, you know it's it wasn't exactly the same because like we couldn't get pro tools on right, the macbooks right. because of licensing. Yep. Um, Ableton 90 day free trial, you got to keep re-upping that with like alternate email addresses. Right. But uh, <laughs> no one's
0: listening from Ableton it's
1: right. That's fine. I'm, you know, we we <laughs> actually talked to them about that just the other day. Um, they know. And so um, so what I'm working on now with my IT department and with Avid, Avid has a new product where you can have, so we're, we have 50 Pro Tools licenses that we buy every year. Okay. 30 of them will reside on our physical iLocks. The other 20 are going to be floating licenses right. that will be in a server in our IT department, and then kids will be able to like, log in from their MacBooks and ping that little server, and they'll have Pro Tools That's Ultimate great. That's at great. home, That's right? Great. And um, try. I'm hoping Ableton will do something similar with a floating server so they can do that. But yeah, so here's the thing about a school that deals or serves students who are have a wide range of economic situations. It equalizes it, right? Right? Um, it equalizes. So I will commonly every year I'll have students because it's we don't actually my program not only serves Columbus City Schools, we also serve Westerville, Upper Arlington, and Grandview, which are suburbs around okay. us, and like Upper Arlington's like one of the wealthiest suburbs like in the country. Right. Okay. So, um, every year, I have students who have like a ten thousand dollar studio in their basement, and they're sitting right next, you know, next to a kid who doesn't eat on the weekends. Right. Because they have no food at home. Exactly. And you can't. You. You honestly most of the time you can't tell who's who. Right. Like, uh, I mean, maybe they can. Right. I can't. So, uh, but they become friends. They talk, and then um, they collaborate. And then that student that has really few resources at home can go to the other kid's studio and and advance his career wow. or her career um and then the other kid can see oh like not everyone lives like that you right. know what i yeah, mean exactly so it's it happens all the time it's a beautiful thing to watch these i mean what other point in our society do classes of like upper class yeah. lower, but when do they ever get together like it's never very rare. it's not in there's not even like a power dynamic to worry about because i am the most powerful person in the room
0: that's, awesome. that's a little joke i but. love it i love it so <clears throat> let me ask you this like what kind of projects are you doing with these kids Well, you know walk us through a couple of them okay so um
1: i tweak the curriculum a little bit every year i get a big excel spreadsheet and my philosophy, which I realize is not shared by everyone, is to give the kids a wide breadth without going too deep into any one thing. Right. And the reason I do that is because students in general don't know what's out there. I mean, I didn't know what's out there. If I had known that music technology was a thing, I probably would have done that from the get-go. Right. I just didn't even, like, it was weird. Like. I remember listening now to, like, albums, like Prince albums, and Bon Jovi, and Guns N' Roses, and Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg, and it, I never wondered what was making the sounds. Uh, Like, why didn't I, I was like, even music school, even, I, like, it never occurred to me to, like, wonder, is that an actual drum set, or is it something else? I'm just, like, it never occurred, so a shocking lack of curiosity on my part. So, um, so... I want students to know what's available. I want them to know what's out there. So we'll do a a bunch of things. We always start off with loop composition projects, and that's mainly to get them into the flow of whatever DAW we're using. I use Pro Tools and Ableton Live pretty equally in my curriculum. Um, And then from there, we branch out. We go into recording, recording projects. We do an interview project, voiceovers over like like a car commercial or something. Oh, cool. Um, And I try to scaffold the project. So if they're making a beat for the loop composition project and it's all audio loops, then the next lesson is drum programming. They replace their drums with drums that they write. Right, right, right. right. And then the next lesson is like, like other like uh, soft synths, you know, or virtual instruments, whatever you want to call them. And they have to layer those on and they don't always sound good, you know, because of like music theory, right? Right, Keys, chords. (laughs) Um, My students don't, most of them don't have training in that. They're not going to build it in. Uh, but they, you know, their end product will sound good. They just might take some editing. Um, and then we'll layer on, so we can use that beat, and then and then they put that over a car commercial when they add a voiceover. So every project kind of builds on itself, you know, on the next one, right, the, right, right. on the previous one. Um, we do um, beat making, uh, post-production. So we have like an audio for video unit. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, synthesis, sound design, um, sampling. Um, anything we can do, really. Um, I'd say the most difficult one um, is, well, we have two or three projects that the students hate until they're done with them, and, and then, then they, they love them, right. they still talk about
0: them. Like, but it. But it's so much work.
1: <laughs> yeah, so one um, is called Hunting for Pops and Clicks. And uh, you can actually see this project, if you want it, in Adam Patrick Bell's book, The Music Technology Cookbook. It's one of the chapters in there. It comes with the media and everything. Oh, very cool. (laughs) I think they, I don't know if they call it hunting or sifting. It was like this weird British to American English thing. Right. But um, so uh, I did a recording session with a band, and I didn't realize that the audio interface was going bad. So when I went back and listened to the recording, it was like clicking and popping like oh, every no. like thousands of them. So it took me like 10 hours to go through at the sample level and edit it, them all out. Oh, my goodness. OK. All right. Painful. Painful. However, it didn't edit a project.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> so.
1: Um, so, yeah, we, I take this project and I give it to the students and they have to do that. I don't give them the whole album. I give them like a minute. Right. I don't want them to like you know, go, go nuts, crazy, right. yeah. <laughs> and so uh, so they have to manually, we'll use like in Pro Tools, we use the pencil tool to oh, manually yeah. draw the waveforms. Um, so wow. to draw the clicks out, yeah. you know. Uh, we'll do copy and paste, we'll do uh, like, not copy and paste, like we could copy and paste a whole wave, like if it's the same note, right. but we can copy and paste like X number of samples over that from like oh, a similar amazing. like there's like a bass guitar it's playing right. the same note twice. you know what I mean yep. you, it's a great way to teach about fades right. and all this stuff oh that's so, so cool um, that's one of them uh, another one is my interactive audio unit now that's actually tough to design because um, like like game audio specifically right, right. so I do kind of like a simulation the first thing we do is um, we do a sound design where we go out, we find found sounds with field recorders, come back. I show them how to stretch, chop, and otherwise mangle sounds in both Pro Tools and Ableton. Right.
0: A flute. A flute indeed.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, and then um, they take all those sound, that, and that's one project, sound design, right? right and they have yeah. a bank. Then I supplement it with a bank of like professionally sound, uh, professional, professionally designed sounds. Right. And they have to score uh, the sound effects for a cutscene, like a video oh, game cutscene. Very cut cool. Scene, all right? Very cool. Yeah. Then from there, we we take a break from music and we go into the Unity, uh, into Unity. It's oh, like game development awesome. software. Yeah. And they have to code rollerball from scratch. Oh my goodness. Now, I am not a coding guy, but there are tutorials online that they can follow. Right. Okay. Um, and so they follow the, and they make a video game from nothing using C sharp coding language. Oh right? my goodness. So they are these kids, and like they've never Oh, my goodness. Never got under the hood of a computer before. Now they're coding in C Sharp. Wow. And there's and some of them, like, well, it'll make sense to them. You know what I mean? Yep. And they start changing the code, and they see it on the screen, and it changes, and they just get, like, into it. Like, right. I've had students change their whole, like, idea of a career path because of this one project. Yeah. Then, okay, we don't stop there, we keep going, and we do an audio implementation project with Unity and FMOD. Now, if you guys are out there not familiar with FMOD, it's an uh, what we call audio middleware. It's uh, this kind of software that goes in between the game code and a DAW. It looks like a DAW, and it acts like a DAW, but it integrates with the uh, game engine okay. software. So when you make a change in FMOD, you just run a new build and it changes your game audio. Oh, in wow. real, Like a- almost real time. Oh, okay. So we do that. And uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we try to do a wide breadth of activities. Right. No, we also do tons of recordings. We probably do a hundred recordings every year. Okay. Like we're doing multiple sessions a day. Um, we do all the live sound for every event on campus. You didn't get to see our theater. Right. I got a really nice M32, oh, wow. M32 up in there with the box and everything. And so, if a student is, if a stu- well, okay, if a student's lazy and just does the bare minimum, they learn a lot. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not like going out getting them internships. Right. But if I have a student who's a real go-getter and they're really into it, there is like an unlimited opportunity for them to learn almost anything you could possibly learn in it. Right. And I've had students do that, I've had students, I had a kid once who um, went to the recording workshop in between his junior and senior year uh-huh. uh, near Chillicothe, Ohio, and he came back knowing like, all about like analog signal flow and he recorded all these great bands and everything. I didn't even give him the normal projects, he was already beyond him. I let him design his entire senior year. Right. Now he's a professional engineer full-time at a awesome. studio, awesome. which never happens.
0: So we're we're almost out of time, Ryan. So I just want to make sure I get a couple sure. quick things. Obviously, anyone listening to this realizes why you were the time teacher of the year ah, last year. Thank it's just you. Absolutely Shout amazing! Out time. Yeah, no, it, it, you're really doing great things. I'm sure your kids absolutely love you. What advice would you give? Because I'm sure um, you know a, a lot of the people that I uh, interview on this podcast. They, they talk you know terms that may not be familiar to everybody. Uh, what, what would you suggest to a teacher who's thinking about getting into this thing? How, how do they get training? How do they, how do they do it? Okay, okay. Well, for, fortunately, we
1: are in a golden age of music technology and music technology help. Yes. Uh, companies such as yours, like Music First, uh, your whole business model is hinges on people knowing how to use your product. Yep. So I am, <laughs> you know, I am confident there's a wealth of resources. Right. Uh, YouTube, is a great way to learn things. Sure is. Um, but here's what I'll say, you know, the resources and the and the books, the videos, that's not what's holding teachers back from, do- from adopting music technology. Right. What it is is mostly fear. Yeah. And I you don't agree get more. <laughs> You don't get any of this stuff in your undergrad. Um, and then you're going to be expected to teach it. Like, if you are out there and you're teaching music and you don't teach music tech yet, but you still have, like, 10 or more years in, uh, to go before you retire, you will be teaching music tech. I mean, it's coming right. for you. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people would tell teachers, you know, don't be afraid. But, like, I don't know, you, it's scary. Like, I'm not going to tell people not to be afraid because it's scary to change, to do something new that you might not be good at to fail in front of your students, to have challenges that you might not be able to solve, totally out of your comfort zone, you you are gonna have all those experiences, and that is scary. I would never tell someone, don't be afraid. You, you will be afraid, yep. but you know what? It's not just fear, it's also exhilaration. It's like, um, yeah, the no. benefits are so much more than the risk, yes, like the risk yes. to reward. It's like a first kiss. Yep. Terrifying, uh, wonderful, exhilarating, and it only leads to greater things.
0: That is a perfect analogy, man. I love it. Yeah. All right. So uh, the magic wand question. Yep. And coming from, I, I'm I'm really interested. If you could wave a magic wand and have music tech, music first, anything in the in the genre, do something that it can't do now, what would it be?
1: Uh, I, I think that Music First is perfectly positioned to do this. I also think it will take more than Music First, it's going to take like all the tech companies right. to push on higher ed to make a music technology education track. Oh man. Okay? Here, here. So get on it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have, because uh, I went through Music Ed, I did instrumental Music Ed, and they have choral and they have general music, that's usually what you have. Yep. Um, but they don't have a technology track. And look, I have been consulted by so many school districts and colleges who want right. to introduce music tech. You can go at a lot of colleges now and get a music tech degree. Right. And you can get a music ed degree, you but can't you get can't them get a uh, yeah, it's it, it, music it tech ed. It irritates
0: me so much I can't even describe it. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. And um, yeah, so, so if I could wave a magic wand, that's what I would do. And I realize that curriculums are full right. and everything. You will
0: have to cut Something, But do you, I mean, just on that point, and I hope Nafmi's listening, I hope Nazim is listening, I hope everyone listens to this. There are so many incredible musicians that are in our schools today, in your classes today, that won't ever become a music teacher because there's a barrier for them to get into the program because they don't feel that button pushing is a musician. Right. Whereas in the actual music world where everybody is making, you know, lots of money, Uh, Many of them are doing that. (laughs) Even
1: if they're not making money, if you look around, if you just go to any city, any town, anywhere, the people that are making music as a passionate hobby in their adult lives, they are producing music with a computer. They are using popular music instruments like guitar and bass. You know, I'm a trumpet player. I love to play the trumpet. But it takes a whole band for me to, like, do that. You know what I mean? No one, I can't sit at a campfire and play my trumpet. Everyone leaves, okay? (laughs) But, like, you could make a little beat. You could play the guitar. You could do both. Um, So, yeah, whether you're talking about money-making professionals or, you know, lifelong music learners, this is where it's at. And it's not like it's new. This is where it has been at for at least 10 or 15 years. And um, it's, like, shocking to me. That educations uh, uh, or the institutions of higher education are leaving all of this money on the yep, table yep. by not rolling these people in. I
0: totally From agree with From a purely, purely
1: you. capitalist right. evil perspective, there are so many people that would throw money at a college yep. to have regular instruction in music technology.
0: You're here. Ryan, it's been an absolute treat to have you on the podcast. Thank you. RyanVanBibber.com is where people can go to find out more about you and your, <laughs> yes, and
1: your they work. Yes, can, they can they can do that. RyanVanBibber.com is my website. You can also uh, go to our social my social media for my class, Fort Hayes Audio Production. That's on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, which I promise I will update soon. Um, yes, all those places. And um, if you need anything send me an email.
0: All right, Ryan, it's been a a real treat. I look forward to future collaborations and coming back to your amazing lab. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks. All right, you take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.